1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
0: You need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get In the Huddle with Carl Dukes, Brian Baldinger, and Jason LaCanfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. Carl Dukes put him up along with my man Jason LaCanfora. And, of course, Brian Baldinger, are part of this podcast as well. We are chopping it up, guys. What an incredible week it was in the NFL. And we learned a lot more about some of the teams we've been talking about, Jason. Like, oh, I don't know, the Dallas Cowboys, who got beat down physically, mentally, yeah. every which way you could imagine as the 49ers just simply destroyed the Cowboys on Sunday night football. Look, guys, it was 28-10 in the third quarter, okay? And we wondered if Dak could make plays and if he was going to be able to step up and do anything, he did absolutely nothing. So now you have to wonder where the Cowboys go from here, not only from a play calling standpoint, Jason, because obviously what they're doing with Dak is not working. Um, But also you have to wonder the future of Dak Prescott. I I don't know if he's playing for his job, but I have to believe that whatever you believed in him is slowly dissipating. And now – The Cowboys find themselves with injuries and some question marks as we move forward.
1: Well, the, the reality of the situation there is Dak, you know, toils at the pleasure and service of one person. And there's one opinion that matters, maybe one and a half, you know, because Steven Jones will have a voice, but it it depends if, you know, sometimes Jerry listens, sometimes he doesn't. That that's it. Like, it, it, it's a one-man decision-making process. Uh, it's one man who has negotiated all those contracts and decided what um, everybody on that team is worth. And like I can remember when this went down and he went from Romo to Dak in the first place. And I don't think everybody would have handled it the way that Jerry did, but Jerry's emotions... And his wallet and a lot of things become intertwined, and uh that is not a, a normal separation of church and state for a normal NFL franchise. It, it's just, it's just not, and it hasn't worked very well there for a long, long time. But we also know it's not going to change. So, you know, I, I'm not. It, it really all comes down to when Jerry's willing to admit defeat, when he's willing to admit that it is a sunk cost, even though I, it's I can't blame a GM. You know what I mean? I can't blame the cap guy. I can't blame my account. Like, it's me. I am. We don't have a general. You know? Will McClay helps me pick personnel. You know what I mean? And my son helps me run the business and balance the books. But it's my my show. So when is he willing to admit that his show, you know, his his three-ring circus needs a new ringleader? I don't know. Um, but it's bad and, and look the head, the head coach he, he felt long and hard about moving off of that head coach a year ago he, he should have done it um you know he's giving McCarthy a chance to show that he can do exactly the opposite of why he got hired. He got hired because he said I'm not gonna micromanage I, I I can't run the whole thing. the game has changed the league has changed right and I'm gonna be the CEO and I'm gonna get this team ready to play and I'm gonna intervene. And I'm going to have final say, but I'm not scripting every play. I'm not calling every play. I'm not, that's There's that, too much. You, you were right. <laughs> all, the, all the crap you said to get hired, it was right. You still shouldn't have been hired, but it was kind of true. You know, yeah. it, it's a bunch of screen passes to nowhere. It's the occasional deep shot to C.D. Lamb. Um, the running game has dried Dried. Uh, you know, it, it's dried up completely. Pollard's yards per touch are a shell of what they were a year ago. And the quarterback seems to lack vision, lack confidence, um, uh, lack really himself any belief that this group is very good. The red zone offense is a complete and utter joke. And the defense is not, like, it, it's not what people make it out to be. Just because they have an early run against some really inept teams, you know, Micah's going to slow down. You know, the rest of that group, it's very top-heavy. You lose a guy like a Diggs that early in the season, you know, it, it, it hurts. They can't beat good yeah. teams. They're not going to be good teams. Um, they can't beat you, like, on scheme alone. Uh, they're they're not as talented as they think they are. Uh, they've been lucky to play in what's been a pretty patently – there's a reason why nobody's won that division back-to-back years for as long as they have, right? Because nobody's really been all that good. The Eagles right now are legitimately good, and yes. they're not going to be knocked off that perch. And the Cowboys will make the playoffs, and then the Cowboys will eventually face a Lions or an Eagles or you know a 49ers in, in the divisional round, and they'll get punched in the face. And that'll be that. And, and maybe there will be a new quarterback next year. Um, but this is not changing. They've been the same middling operation forever. So it is what it is,
0: you know, it's, Uh, it's, you know, but, but, but here's the thing, Jason. I mean, with with the moves, you know, the way they drafted, I think Cowboy fans, you know, it's easy to buy in and say, oh, we're going to be better than we were last year. I I think this game more than anything. And if you watched it, Cowboy fans know this, but the 49ers were just more physical than the Cowboys. So it wasn't even about. Game planning and scheming with Shanahan made that defense and Dan Quinn look silly. But Fred Warner, a sack, a pick, a forced fumble, their defense is just flat out better and they're more physical. Then you couldn't stop Kittle, who everybody said was washed up and wasn't scoring touchdowns, and he scores three against you. So, you know, it's just those things that jumped out at me that said, okay, the Cowboys are held to six yards in the first quarter and no first downs for 17 minutes of this game.
1: That's dominating. they, they they can't play from behind, Carl. And even when they were on their little magic carpet ride early in the year, I was kind of sitting there saying, well, like what happens when it's not a rainy night in the Meadowlands, right? When, when they don't block a, a field goal for a touchdown. You know what I mean? When when Daniel, when Daniel the other quarterback isn't throwing pick sixes right out of the gate. Like what happens like when, when the game is tough, when they don't catch early breaks, when they do have to play from behind? when they are down one of their top players, like, do they, do they get nasty or do they shrink? Their DNA has been shrink. And like, there's been yeah. a lot of shrinkage this year. Like it did. It didn't take all that long. Right. It took a bad first half against Arizona and they haven't really recovered from that since, Um you know, I, could he whack the coach and, and turn it over to Dan Quinn in desperation at some point in the season? Maybe. I, I mean, I, I I guess, you know, I, I I guess. But Dan Quinn's got his hands full right now, too. Yes. You know, and uh, they've got injuries. people at the line of scrimmage. No. They're, they're, they're not.
0: You saw the difference in that defense. I mean, everybody wants to talk about who's got the best defense. I mean, the Eagles have the best personnel, and they're deep. 49ers, though, are a more complete team, and you saw it, and the Cowboys are distant third or fourth or whatever you want to put them because you saw that head-to-head when you talk about, oh, this defense is better than, than that defense. Hey, guys, it is In the Huddle. Subscribe In the Huddle pod on YouTube. Make sure you check us out. We'd love to you for you to uh, pass along to your football friends because we talk football on this podcast, guys. All things NFL, Jason Lock on four, Carl Dukes, and Brian Baldinger each and every week. All right, let's move on and talk about some of the other things that we saw in week five of the NFL. I was concerned, Joe Burrow, and I talked about this, Jason, on my national show Sundays, that he was going to be limited with his mobility. And if he is, yeah. and this is a nagging injury that won't go away, the Bengals are going to have a tough time this season. I don't know what Joe Burrow's pain threshold is, but damn, he looked good against uh, against the Cardinals on Sunday. I mean, he came well, he looked, out and looked that— healthy. Looked, Yes, that looked like the Joe Burrow we're used to seeing. So is he over this injury or what, what's going on here?
1: Well, look, there's no doubt that I, I talked to a lot of people about this last week um, and just called people I trust around the league just to shoot, you know, shoot the crap. And, who, you know, who do you like? Who don't you like? Who surprised you? And then obviously, you know, somebody, the, the conversation would turn to biggest disappointments. And obviously the Bengals be in that conversation. And everybody I talked to kind of Set a variation of the same thing. Like this is different than the years past because the quarterback is still hurt. And when, you know, if slash when the quarterback feels healthy enough that he can get back into play action because he's, you know, he can twist, he can turn, he can hand, you know, he he can fake a handoff, he can turn his back to the defense, he can spin back around, right? And make a play, like they're gonna be better when 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 he can move the long spot where he's not a sitting duck, basically back there. It's going to help the offensive line. It's going to help the receivers. It's going to change everything. When he feels confident enough in both legs to really push the ball downfield again, you know that's going to that's going to be a game changer. And and you if you watch that game, they come out in like a hurry up pace, like they're they're coming out almost no huddle, and I'm like, that's hmm. only we've seen a whole lot of that. Like I wonder if this this cat's feeling better today, and then they get. Into the red zone where things have bogged down for them and they're in a goal to go situation. And he takes the handoff and immediately he he starts drifting right and he looks pretty good and he stops on a dime, he throws across his body to the left side of the end zone to Jamar Chase. I'm like, okay, that yeah, haven't seen that. Like, haven't seen him move the spot like that, throw across his body, all those things. And then in the second half, he takes off and runs for 10 yards. He had one scramble all season for one yard coming into that game. Um, and then 68-yard bomb to Chase, obviously, we haven't seen that either. They were averaging 4.8 yards per attempt through four weeks, the lowest in the NFL since 1950. So, yeah, he clearly felt better. You could hear it in his voice afterwards. Um, he he felt different on that first drive. And he said, "I felt I felt different on that first drive, especially that first touchdown throw as short as it was. Um, that's a team that wants to throw to set up the run. If, if they can come out now and they can, and, and he was a demon in play action. Um, I think he had almost hundred yards in play action. He had 155 yards all season. The first four weeks out of play action. It was a non-factor for them. He couldn't really do it because clearly it, the calf was compromised. He didn't like it. It didn't feel right. Um. So look, it was against Arizona. But Arizona's better than we thought they were going to be. And it was a must-win game. And Joe Burrow talked a lot after that game that this feels like New Orleans. And he's referencing them beating the Saints in week six last year, which was their first uh, of 10 wins in their final 11 games that ultimately led them back to the AFC championship game. And Carl Dukes, do you know who had the most rushing yards of any player who took part in that AFC championship game? Was it Burrow? Joe Burrow. Only 30 yards, but he was the leading rusher in that game. So yeah, I think his mobility matters a little bit. And it certainly was compromising what they could do schematically and from a production standpoint. And look, T. Higgins, I think is going to be back at some point here, which will yep. help. And they're doing it right now without a tight end, without any semblance of a tight end, without even pretending there's a tight end. So Mike Brown, here's what I want you to do for me, bro. Dig a little deeper into those pockets. I, I know. <laughs> I know this making <laughs> We've come a long way from Kenny Anderson playing, you know, MVP type football for, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. Those days are over. You know what I know. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to call Bill Balchak, right? You're going to ring him up. You're going to talk about how much of uh, uh, Hunter Henry's uh, contract you want to eat. You got a, you got a $10 million tight end there. It doesn't even see the ball, right? You don't even have a quarterback bill. You need draft picks, buddy. You're one and four. Uh, the days are flipped, right? I used to be on the other end of these phone calls, Bill, but not anymore. I want your tight end, or you can't get him. Just call Carolina. How you know you lost Hayden Hurst? Who's not super special, but he's a high speed guy. He's got wingspan. He was a nice, yeah. he was solid. a nice intermediate target for Joe Burrow. You had to defend him in the slot. It's one different body type now that you have to defend in the slot. And, yeah, I know you just signed this guy, but you're not winning anything with him. You know, why don't don't, you need draft picks over there in Carolina, right? You traded all those picks to move up and get a quarterback who can't push the ball down the field at all. So they got to get him. I think you had a to move to get a healthy T. Higgins, a healthy Joe Burrow. Yeah, some sort of move tight end. And, you know, you could be in pretty good shape because I'm just telling you nobody else in that division is going to go on a five- or six-game winning streak like, all those teams are flawed. You know, the Browns, right, this Deshaun Watson thing, they said he could have played in the last uh, game. Now we're coming out mess. of a bye, right? A and they're saying he can't play. They don't think he can play, right? No bueno. And the kid from UCLA was not ready to play two weeks ago. And if they have to play with DTR, I don't care how good that defense is, they're going to lose a bunch of games. Baltimore Ravens still a mess on offense. And the Pittsburgh Steelers found a way to beat the Baltimore Ravens, with a lot of help for the Baltimore Ravens, but they have no offense. I mean, their offense is a joke. So it is a little healthy. They add to that roster. They're right back where they've been the last three years. The best team in that division.
0: It's crazy. Uh, 15 catches, 192 yards, three touchdowns for Jamar Chase in this game. That connection is undeniable. Like when Burrow's healthy, he's going to find his boy and his boy is going to get open. So that yeah. part of it is is that felt good for Bengals fans and saying, OK, wait a minute. This is what we've been missing. But you're absolutely right about the tight end, Jason. And I think that's something that's kind of unspoken. Nobody wants to bring it up. We're going to see how they address that situation. I got to ask you about the Ravens because you you brought it up. So how the hell do you not score any points in the second half against the Steelers? Like the Steelers got humiliated the week before by the Houston Texans. Now, I know it's week to week, but you look at these game plans, you go, okay, wait a minute. You're telling me Lamar can't do what CJ Stroud did? And you come out and you score seven in the first quarter, you kick a field goal in the second quarter and you go scoreless in the third and fourth and lose by seven. I I was baffled by how this game played out and the Ravens offense looked.
1: Well, they're up 10, nothing in the first quarter. They've held the ball for over 10 minutes. They've run 21 plays for 143 yards. Um, It's complete bully ball. They, the first two drives, Carl. They had three different guys with explosive runs of 11 yards or more. It's it's first half, 17 carries as a team for 100 yards, six yards a carry, a touchdown. It, I mean, it's there all day long. Um, and and Pittsburgh's got no offense to speak of, and they still find a way to lose that game. It's it's uh, it's gonna it's gonna bite them in the ass. Um, in the yep. end, there's no there's no doubt in my mind. It's the same thing as the Colts game. You had special teams meltdowns against the Colts. Zay Flowers doesn't know whether I should field this kick or not field this kick. You know, they they somehow don't get that game under the two-minute warning. Um, They have an an ill-advised fair catch. Uh, In this last game, they get a blocked punt for safety at a time when Pittsburgh's got no pulse on offense. Um, Just critical special teams errors. John Harbaugh not finding a way to get at least three points out of a drive at the end of the half where it's a chip shot for Justin Tucker and the, the center who they took in the first round a year ago thinks he saw somebody jump offside. So he snaps a ball that should have <laughs> never been snapped and it ends up in a, in a busted play with bad prep pass pro. Right. And now you get nothing out of that sequence where three points probably puts it away. The new offensive coordinator who's supposed to be a major upgrade over Greg Roman. Although the only stuff that's really working for their offense is the stuff he stole from Greg Roman in the run game. Uh so they have seven drops. You know, Rashad Bateman, who is just one in a long line of first-round Ravens wide receiver busts, drops a ball right in his hands in the end zone and drops a go route right in his hands for an end zone. You know, for a touchdown. Mark Andrews drops a ball in the end zone. Um, Nelson Aguilar drops what would have been two other opportunities for touchdowns. It's Nelson Aguilar. We've all seen the video, right? I caught the baby. You know, unlike Aguilar, like that's what you get. Like that's what you brought in. You know, they gave $16 million to Odell Beckham to be on the injured list, you know, to be in the trainer's room. But is that a shock? Like, is that a shock? People in this town weren't even that excited about the move. Everybody wants to see Odell Beckham play football. He gave him a lot of money, and how much football is he going to play? The answer, not so much. And then the quarterback at the end of the game throws a horrible red zone interception after they get a special teams fumble on a muff punt. And he says, well, I, I-, I want to get my man OBJ a touchdown. Oh, you know, come he on. Throws, he throws a a. a uh, a sideline route that he badly misplays mis-, mis throws throws it right to joey Porter jr um i mean it's just it's just a comedy a comedy of errors how they didn't get three at least three points there is is nuts as well um and yeah there was one guy for the pittsburgh Steelers. you know like i think kenny pickett throwing to anybody not named pickens in the game was like 12 of 22 for like 120 yards throwing two pickings, it, it, it's like six of ten for 134 yards and a touchdown, including um, him. him beating yeah. him beating a six-man blitz at the end of the game and Marlon Humphrey, who did not look healthy, who had a bad game, um, and a six-man pressure on an island against Pickens, the one guy catching balls. And he beats him badly and takes it to the house. And yeah, the Ravens go from scoring 10 points in their first two drives um, and, and averaging you know, like six yards of six and a half yards of play to I think they ran 42 plays the rest of the game for like 192 yards. I mean, it's it, it's a joke. Uh, let me ask you this, let me ask you this, Jason, because I gotta know is Lamar better? Is he playing better? Does he any if they better? catch the ball for Lamar? If they catch the ball for seven drops, including at least five drop Ooh. touchdowns, if they catch the ball for Lamar. Like his ball placement accuracy, except for the horrible end zone throw to Odell Beckham, which they should have never even been in that. They should have been kneeling the ball by then. Um, his numbers would have been ridiculous. Like the deep, the 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 he and he threw another ball to Zay Flowers, who was wide open, and Zay Flowers fell down. Like they're asking <laughs> yeah. a lot of Zay Flowers and the kids starting to show his inexperience already. Like, Zay Flowers ain't supposed to be your number one receiver, it's supposed to be your two or three. Learning on the fly, he's the only wide receiver doing anything, and now the route tree is getting really predictable. And people are squatting on all the underneath stuff because that's what Monk is really running. And the kids starting to get the crap beat out of him. Um, and his catch percentage is coming way down because people kind of onto to what they're doing there. And nobody else is stepping up at the wide receiver. Stop me if you heard me before. This is the Baltimore Ravens forever, like their general manager, Eric DaCosta, is a complete and utter fraud when it comes to evaluating. Really, the pass rush and the wide receiver position, they're kind of important in the modern NFL, but they can't get it right really anywhere, no matter what they do, at those spots. And it's really hurting them now because the young defensive coordinator who was brought in not to blitz has to blitz in all critical moments now because he has no personnel to win up front. And when he blitzes, guys like Kenny Pickett and Gardner Minshew have beaten their ass in the fourth quarter, stolen their lunch money and won games against what otherwise is a really good defense. And then wide receiver, you're back to the same thing. It's Zay Flowers or Mark Andrews. It used to be Marquise Brown or Mark That's Andrews. Right. A, a wee right. little wide receiver. Now this kid plays big, but he can't he's not any bigger. Who how many balls is he going to high point deep downfield? And a tight end. Like it's 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 the same as it ever. And they're running Greg Roman's offensive, they're running his running game. Except so, in this so, game they didn't run it enough.
0: So it's six to Becker-
1: carry in the first half and they never ran the ball two times in a row, the rest of the rest of the game, Carl. They have got that Pittsburgh defense gassed, and Todd Munkin with the lead on the road against Kenny Pickett and that withering Pittsburgh run defense never called two straight run plays the rest of the game. They have got Lamar Jackson killing people with his and running out of an empty set spread in the red zone. He never did it. They've Gus Edwards with a dive play for four yards down to the two. He takes Gus Edwards off the field and runs a, a shovel pass to Andrews and then a stupid pass to nowhere, like a fade route to nowhere. Like, it it looked a whole lot like Greg Roman. Wow.
0: Odell Beckham, last thing. Zero impact so far? Five weeks in? Zero,
1: zero. impact? Wow. Every time he's made a play, he's going off the field, like literally back to training camp. Like, he'd flash in a training camp practice, and then the ones would come around, like, you know, the next cycle. And Team Jules, and you're like, where's Odell? And he's with the trainer. I'm like, literally, and then, like, two days later, he'd be back, and you'd see him do something on the sidelines, a first down catch, and a practice, uh, keep a drive going, and then that's it. He's, he's gone. Like, something's not quite right. And then we've seen it in these games. Like, he plays a little bit the first game, does a little something, something, uh-oh, he's with the trainer. Like, just Think that's where he is in his career, and they gave this guy 16 million dollars. Like, yes, they, they did. gave him way more money than they've ever paid a wide receiver before, ever. And they've got literally nothing from him, which I think is part of the reason Lamar forced that look because it's like we got to get this guy in a fold. Like, I oh, can't just be yeah. throwing to Zay Flowers all the time. Like, another wide receiver on this team needs to be a thing. And yep. this guy in those situations jump ball in the end zone was a thing, but in this case, the, the pass was a little errant. And there, Odell wasn't beating Joey Porter in that ball when it's thrown right to Joey Porter. So, Joey Porter Jr. So, like, they've got problems. And this was, you know, this was a part of the schedule where they faced a bunch of wounded offenses and a bunch of hurt and or backup quarterbacks. Remember, Kenny Pickett was on the injury list all week. And they they didn't cash in the way I think ultimately they're going to look back and wish they cashed in.
0: Hmm. It is in the huddle, guys. As we talk about Week Five in the National Football League and what's going on uh, as we move forward. And by the way, Ravens Titans nine thirty Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London this weekend. So we continue with early football. Take the under. <laughs> yeah. The under. What? It's
1: forty. That Take the over
0: under. under is forty. Hey. Um. So here's the deal. It was thirty eight in this
1: Pittsburgh game, and it wasn't nearly low enough.
0: Wow. Let's talk about Big Mouth Sean Payton for a second. Keep my coach's name Ooh. out of your mouth. Uh, when you run your mouth, these are the kind of things that happen. Jets go to the Broncos, they win 31-21. Robert Sala hands the ball to Nathaniel Hackett. We know what was play, what was at play here. But let's talk about the Broncos for a second because yeah. they're one and four. Okay. And by the way, if you didn't know this, the Broncos turn right back around in week six. And they're at Kansas the
1: Chiefs City. Thursday. On, on
0: Thursday night football. So this doesn't look promising, okay, for the, no. for the Denver Broncos at all. And I got to say this about no. Sean Payne. Um, you know, we, we we wondered what this was going to look like. Zach Wilson goes on the road. He throws for basically 200 yards, an interception. Brees Hall, 177 yards, found, finding a way to, to run the football. But the Broncos – where is this going? Because I see them dismantling this roster slowly, oh, yeah. but surely they've already what, what, traded yeah. away Randy Gregory, and this is going to start to happen where Sean Payton goes, I'm already looking ahead to next oh, season and, and draft capital.
1: Oh, they're a team to watch here. We're you know coming up on three weeks away from the deadline. Uh, yeah, they're a team to watch the deadline. I, I think, look, he, he'll listen and initiate conversations on anybody and everybody. How much of it comes to fruition remains to be seen but that defense is I mean it, it that defense is on the road to becoming one of the worst three or five defenses in NFL history if they keep up on this path and I don't I don't think people are going to show them a whole lot of mercy um mm. I, I, I don't they have no discernible I was looking at some of the numbers I was I mean, they, they, they have no discernible strengths. As a defense, whatsoever, I mean, opposing quarterbacks, and they haven't faced murderers row, opposing quarterbacks on the season have a rating of 124.6 against them. And the next closest is the Bears at 111. I mean, that's a big 124.6 versus 111.1. That's a pretty big difference from worst to second worst. They're allowing 9.1 yards per attempt. The next closest team is 8.3, like almost a yard off their pace. Like they're allowing over 77% of opposing passes to be completed. 13 touchdown passes already. Like, and and they're not good against the run. You know, they're 25th against the run, 5.2 per carry. If you look at some of the advanced metrics like their run defense EPA, they're thirtieth. Like, I, 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 they don't get pass rush. You know, they, they don't make big plays on defense. So the other thing,
0: Jason, is they lost. Well, they fumbled four times. They lost three fumbles. Wilson had one. Pirine, Marvin Mims Jr. I mean. They're just careless with the football. And that's the other thing about this team. Not only are they playing terrible defense, but the turnovers are mounting, and it's a great—it's another reason why they're 1-4 one, one right now.
1: P. Ryan's another one. I'd like to see P. Ryan back with Cincinnati. I mean, wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't that be kind of funny if they went and traded late-round right? picks? Like, okay, you negotiated Hayden Hurst's contract. You negotiated P. Ryan's contract. You know, the Panthers and the and the Broncos, you're going nowhere. You know, you paid half their salary. You know, give us our guys back. Um, yeah, look, I, 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 I'll say this. In the long game, Sean Payton's going to beat Nathaniel Hackett. You know, like let let yes. you know Zach Wilson is playing rudimentary football, and people are acting like there's some sort of um, reinvention here just because the bar for Zach Wilson got so ridiculously low. And again, they're playing. Maybe the worst defense in the last twenty-five years. So you know they scored the, the thirty-one points. Salah and Hackett could take their victory lap. I'll, I'll bet you whatever whatever you want to bet that neither one of those guys is back there in New York next year. Um, and I think Nathaniel Hackett's stays as some sort of hotshot coordinator. Mm. Like, pretty much, already. he'll stick around because he's got the right connections. He's got the right last name. You know, he's got an okay agent. Whatever, he'll be he'll be fine. But um. You know, I do think Sean Payton will build the Broncos into something. I don't know if he's going to be able to knock Andy Reid off, and I don't think Andy Reid's going away anytime soon. But I think you get your licks in on Sean Payton this year and, you know, yep. probably the first half of next year. Because when whatever quarterback he ends up with in this draft, by the middle of next season, I think he's probably going to be – the, the tra- trajectory is going to be pointing upward. Um, but, yeah, that was an emotional thing for the, for the Jets. You know, for their coaches, it was obviously a big deal. Um, You know, the Jets are back to playing real football teams this weekend. And I think the Jets will probably be back to crapping their pants in their own stadium again this weekend. So, you know, Mm. hey, if that was your Super Bowl, I hope you enjoyed it. Not not really enough time to throw a parade in uh, Secaucus, but whatever.
0: (laughs) Well, everybody hyped this game up when Aaron Rodgers was, you know, considered to be healthy and what that was going to be. It would have looked different. Maybe it felt different. I watched the game. I got all the games on, and it was like, okay, you know, I just it didn't feel the same without Rogers being a part of this equation. As all that talk was happening, you know, two months yeah. ago. Either way, uh, I, I'm with you. Listen, Jets will take the dub. I, I thought I saw some improvement with with Zach, but ultimately, this is about mm-hmm. the Broncos. And, and listen, if they respond and go to Kansas City and win, that's what needs to happen. But it's not going to happen. That's not going um, to happen on Thursday that's
1: night.
0: Not nope. Let's talk about the team that is happening, the Detroit Lions. Jason, they are 4-1, and and they are beating up teams every which way. They're running the football with Montgomery. They're throwing the football down the field. Jared Goff looks great. Now, they beat the Panthers 42-24. Panthers, you said, it can't push the ball down the field. Bryce is still learning on the job, three touchdowns, two picks. But the Panthers are 0-5, and they're not going anywhere soon. But the fact of the matter is good teams beat bad teams and then the good teams beat good teams. And so as you look at the Lions schedule so far and you say, all right, well, that was a game they were supposed to win. True. But you didn't think they'd beat the Chiefs to start the season. And then they beat the Falcons and the Packers. And you go, "Okay, well, well, you know, the Packers game was on the road. And so I I don't want to get overly excited about the Lions, but I do like what I'm
1: seeing, Jason, with this team. Well, there's I, I, some things I, I like about them, um, a lot of things I like. And, and one of them is I, I kind of started to peg them last year as a dome team, as a team that um, with the with the offense they ran, and especially the way they ran the ball last year, with sort of they had their own Mr. Inside, Mr. Outside thing going on and all the options looks with Ben Johnson. Um, I'm like, well, that looks one way with the crowd behind them on a fast track, but what would that look like on grass if they're down by 10? Um, on the road, but I, I don't think it matters. They're going to pay Jared Goff at this point. They probably should pay Jared Goff; He's a great fit. Um, they're going to lose their office of coordinator. I just mentioned Ben Johnson
0: to yeah, another team
1: next year. And, and I yeah. do think that'll be some brain drain. And I, I hope they have a young assistant on that staff, you know, some position coach or whatever, who's being groomed to take over because keeping that thing in house um, would be huge. Um, I wonder what this looks like once Jameer Gibbs, really figure out what it's like in the NFL, and they have him and Montgomery both healthy at the same time, which I feel like hasn't really happened since week one, and they clearly weren't super comfortable with Gibbs week one. right? They were still feeling them out because one of the takeaways was, oh, my God, they took that kid so high, and they didn't see enough of the ball, even though they won. Aiden Hutchinson is a thing. Um, They play their asses off. They give consistent effort. Uh, There's a a cumulative uh, collective belief In what they're doing, and they've turned the corner um, in so many ways as a franchise. Uh, They're one of the two or three teams in the NFC that I think could compete with some of the best teams in the AFC. And again, I don't think there's many in the NFC that can do that. And they're among them. They're going to run away with that division. I don't even know who's going to really test them or push them, to be honest with you. Well, Everybody a, else is that, in some degree of Packers, disarray. That's
0: for sure. It's not the Packers. Yeah, the
1: Packers have major issues across the board. Um, the Packers don't have a quarterback either. So, yeah, the Lions are real. And the Lions have withstood some injury stuff already. And then the other thing was, like, I get it. It's the Panthers, and they have issues. Um and they have real issues stopping the run. But, you know, they're okay against the pass. And they've got a couple pass rushers. And I wanted to see what that thing looked like. Well, I didn't want to because it's really unfortunate. But you kind of look at this, the scope of their passing tree, right? And you're like, well, it's, it's Laporte, on the rookie tight end. And it's St. Brown. But what happens without St. Brown? Well, it's just a little bit more to Reynolds. And, and the thing was, it's not like Jameson Williams stepped right into that role. He was kind of a passenger. He clearly doesn't have his sea legs under him. And that's going to no. be a process with him. And yet they still, to your point, found a way to boss that game from the first drive on, really, right? They had it in hand, really, by the end of the first quarter, certainly by halftime. And they did what good teams are supposed to do in those spots, even when those good teams are compromised from a personnel standpoint. So, yeah, like, what's it going to look like in January when they're playing a top-five quarterback? I mean, I don't know, right? That's when the rubber hits the road for a lot of good operations. but they don't beat themselves anymore. They're just, they're well coached. Like you can tell they like each other. Yeah. There's just a, a vibe there. Um, and it's backed up now by some players, by some talent and by some really that coaching staff has come a light years from what it was three years ago. Yeah. I buy, I buy lines, man. And I, 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 I buy, I'm like, even against the Eagles, like I might lead Lions right now. Like San Francisco is on its own perch in that conference. But I think right below them, I'd have the Lions and the Eagles. Uh, Lions have won 12 of their last
0: 15 games going back to last season. So if you're not buying them, that's proof, right? 12 of their last 15. And then more importantly, they're creating turnovers. Listen, Aiden Hutchinson, we saw it his rookie season. He's special, okay? The kid's got four interceptions in his first two seasons already. Four interceptions. Like his hands are amazing when he gets a hand on the ball or around the ball. And then, you know, offensively, to your point about Ben Johnson, golf three touchdowns, he ran for one. They're scoring at least 27 points in consecutive first halves, not in games. They're scoring 27 in first halves, and they've done that now in consecutive games. So the offense is flowing. The defense is doing what they need to do in creating turnovers. They're going to be a problem. And you're right. The the, the Jameer-Gibbs-Montgomery combo, whatever that's going to look like, Ben Johnson will find a way to make that right. And so I'm curious to see as the season moves along how this looks, as you said. Maybe at the end of this month, particularly we get into November and December and how they're rolling along. Guys, it's in the huddle. Subscribe in the huddle pod on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe, tell your friends, like us. Don't do not miss an episode. We put new episodes out every week, Tuesday and Thursday, normally. Last week, some things happened with the show. And so we got one out later in the in the week. And Baldy and Jason killed it, but we usually put out episodes on Tuesday and Thursdays to make sure that you're on top of the game. All right, we got to talk about the other thing before we get out of here, and that is (laughs) thirty-four nothing. The New England Patriots get beat thirty-four nothing by the Saints. What in the hell is going on?
1: Well, the quarterback stinks. Um, It's you know, we, we can talk about the lack of talent around him and this or that. Uh, but the quarterback, I mean, I feel like the quarterback's been regressing since, like, his, his seventh start. Like, once people got a handle on him, right? Jason, and once how, people how realize you, that.
0: How many times can you bench this guy in the second half and say yeah, he's your guy he, for the he, next week?
1: Yeah, it, it, which just shows you. I, I look, I, I, I like Bailey Zappi more than him last year. Like, when they lost that game in Chicago, I'm like, I, Oh, no, I, I'm not I don't care where you drafted that guy. Like I know what that is. That's not gonna play up here. And it's certainly not gonna play up here when you don't have elite talent. Like if that if you drop Mac Jones in Brock Purdy's situation, which remember, well, there's that whole thing about who does Kyle even really want? Who has he really moved up the third overall? <laughs> Turns out neither one went damn to this point, right? You were damned if you do damn if you don't. But like if you were inclined to buy all of that, Mac Jones just hype and spice and sizzle out of nowhere like okay maybe maybe if you dropped him into Kyle Shanahan's hands with that personnel I think certainly would look better than this guy who comes out you know just looking to chuck and duck a pick six at the start of every game Mm -hmm. Um, but I still don't know that it would be good per se but I feel like really since about his sixth or seventh start it's been downhill and you know you 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 can blame personnel you can blame Patricia and look I think Bill O'Brien is fraudulent so I'm not shocked that didn't work, but he has had success at the NFL level in a way that Patricia and Joe Judge haven't. And if anything, this thing has gone further down the tank. Um, that's another team, especially when when you take, um, you know, they, they lose their best corner and they lose their best pass rusher last week. Like that, now you're really talking about you, you got no jimmies and Joes and those X's and O's aren't going to carry you so I I don't really know what their strengths are as a football team. Like now it's not just, well, it's a, you know, it's, it's a, it's a really good defense and it's a horrible offense. Now I don't know what their calling card is. So. Bill Belichick's in trouble. Um, I don't know if he's in trouble job wise yet, but I don't see a lot of wins in their future, man. I, I just don't, at least Zappi can run around and like, you might get a little bit of that, like, Taylor Heineke type, you know what I mean? Like for three to five weeks, he might run around and throw some some bombs yeah. on broken plays. You might get Little some magic. street ball action, right? You might sustain a drive here or there with his legs, or he, you know, he might flip a ball to somebody, or like, is that sustainable? No, but at least it's not as horribly boring and broken and hopeless as what they're trying to run right now with a quarterback um who doesn't seem to want to be there. Um and Belichick has moved off of a lot of first-round picks pretty quickly, and this is one he probably should move by the deadline, even if it's just for for not much. Um, it should still be probably more than the Trey Lance trade, but there's not an easy way out of this thing, man. And they're not in the NFC, and they're not getting the sort of the some of the schedule uh, advantages that some other teams are. And like I, I it's 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 bleak man it's hopeless and he's not one draft away you know he's not one free agent class away and there's a lot of money like i mentioned you know hunter henry like why you you've kept you've you've paid him a lot of money for three years now and he doesn't even see the ball you know what i mean then you go get gasecki too and it's like neither like right it was john and 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 hunter and neither one did anything now it's Gusecki and Hunt, neither one's doing anything. And, and by the way, let me let, Hulley, let me say this. What was Ezekiel Elliott supposed to do? Like, what was that supposed to be? Like, what did you really no. think you were getting? Especially with a crap offensive line, you know? Like, what did you think you're getting?
0: Well, you mentioned John New. I just got to mention this. He's crushing it in Atlanta. He's making catches. Yeah. He's showing up. Um, how you use guys, man? And, when, and, and, you know, listen, people said, well, he didn't do anything in New England. And I remember Arthur Smith saying, he'll do something here. And he's come out and he's become one of the primary targets. Dude can play. And I don't know. He got lost in translation. And had in New him England. in
1: Tennessee. Yeah. Yep. No, I mean, like so it, it's
0: it, just it's yeah. It, it's nuts. Uh, let me say this too about New England's offense, guys. So they get shut out by the Saints. Uh big shout out to Alvin Kamara. Um, 73rd career touchdown. This dude just scores touchdowns. Like he is going to to probably get to hundred touchdowns in his career. Yeah. When it's all said and done, which is an amazing feat. But New England hasn't scored 20 points, Jason, in five games. 20 points they have not scored in five games. Guys, we're going into week six. That is an anemic offense and pathetic. And here's the deal. Baldy said this way back when we were talking about this, Jason. And he said, I asked him about the uh, New England offense. And we were going into camp or maybe uh, we're coming out of it. And he said, you know, they don't scare anybody. And I said, well, you know, let me see. He was right. They don't scare anybody. Their
1: offense, they have no to- speed. They have no, no speed. He's built a 1950s football team. There it is. Old running backs, like it, it, there it is. It has it has no chance. Um, it has no chance. here's the other thing that I would watch very closely. There, he's also now far enough away from the glory days. Like you don't, you don't have dudes who are going to come in there and regulate that locker room because they were part of the salad days and the golden days. And they're, you know, they're walking in there with four rings yeah. on their feet. The McCordys are out. You know what I mean? Like it's not they're just going. that Brady's check. You know what I mean? Who are we down to? Slater, I guess. You know what I mean on special teams? Like <laughs> yeah. you don't like it's it's getting very thin. In the we were at the heights of this. We know the real Patriot. You know what I mean? Here's why you got to give Bill the benefit of the doubt. Here's why you can't. You know what I mean. Here's why you can't be MF and O'Brien in the parking lot. And you're already starting to see it because Mac Jones' camp agents are already saying to anybody who calls, "Well, who would succeed in this place? And what would he look like if he had a real team like <laughs> Shaq, you know, like Cal Shanahan <laughs> together in San Francisco? And uh, well, Pat, who? What quarterback other than Tom Brady has Bill Belichick won more games than he lost with? Right, like that. And that was verbatim. That you weren't even allowed to think that, much less you know, have your agents out there, you know, trying to get ahead of the story before you go crap your pants on national television again, um, you know, uh, on Sunday. So this is all right. Like, this is different times, man. And he's, he's not the wizard to these guys. He's not, you know what I mean? He's not the infallible football uh, object. Like there's been a lot of failure around there, personnel wise and, and, and production wise and execution wise. So, He's gonna have his hands full trying to keep this from being a circus because it 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 looks like it's about to be a circus.
0: Yeah, before the season started, I said his job's on the line. Robert Kraft is not gonna to continue to tolerate this, regardless of their relationship and how much how much he's won there. I don't care about if you're Robert Kraft, do you care about him catching Don Shula? No. Who cares? That could be another five years. So that, that is irrelevant to him getting the job done. And I, I I'm sticking with it. I'm not saying he's getting fired, okay? But you said it. Maybe they kick him upstairs. Maybe they say, hey, he's an ambassador, however the hell you want to do it.
1: Or you can't, he you can't like, pick personality anymore, right? We got to no. have separation of church and state. We, got, you yeah, coach, we gotta have some the coach. Yes. You, you don't have the keys
0: to everything anymore. We gotta have somebody else do that. All right, uh, I gotta mention this and then we're out of here. Packers don't have a quarterback, Jason.
1: No, Packers don't.
0: don't have a quarterback. We thought. Love and was they know. going to they be know. the guy. So last yeah. night, guys, if you missed it, uh, we record this on Tuesday. Monday Night Football, it was Packers at Raiders. Love threw three interceptions last night. He was abysmal. And now you're talking about a slate of games outside of the, the crazy comeback where they were down 17 and they come back and win, where he's just looked shaky, looked good against the Falcons in the first half, was terrible in the second. Last night, awful. Week before, awful. So they have to make a decision and everybody said, well, you know, they're going to give him the full year to to figure this out. I just get Jason, they don't have a quarterback right now. The Packers fans, you have to own this. He's not that guy.
1: No, no. And they know it because you're playing in an F Raiders team that has tended to be terrible in prime time. It's your home game. That is a Wisconsin, Wisconsin West and everything's playing in their favor early field position. They've got a chance to Forced the Raiders to play from behind where they didn't really want to do that. They wanted to keep running Josh Jacobs, even if it was going into a brick wall, right? To just keep it close and feel this out. It's it's a little bit like sort of a prize fight. And they were afraid to let this kid push the ball down the field at all. They were afraid to get into, you know, routes, four or five, three guys running routes, right? They wanted to, to try to protect them and mass protect <laughs> and run two-man routes and see if he hits the yep. open guy or see if he takes off and run, or see if he throws it away. And that still wasn't rudimentary enough to prevent him from pissing that game away with, with poor um, decisions with where when he threw the ball and who he threw it to. And those, those interceptions weren't like – I mean, they, they were they were by and large egregious. And, again, they, their whole game plan was to try to limit the situations that he even was throwing the ball at all. Now, if they have Aaron Jones, do they win that football game? Probably but you that also tells you you don't have a quarterback, right? The best that offense has oh, right. looked is when yeah. he completed a bunch of screen passes to a running back who got oodles and oodles and oodles of yak and who finished drives himself. So, no, they don't have a quarterback. And this is, like, we've seen enough to know because he's been there for three years. Like, he's been around all the coaches and in all the meetings. And it, this is, like, I, I get it. He hasn't played that many games. He's been there a long time, a lot of preseasons, a lot of off seasons. a lot of OTAs. And, no, he's not good. And he's not going to get markedly better this year. Um, And they're going to have to draft a quarterback. And they're going to probably trade him or whatever. You're not going to get much for him. Uh, They they better get it right. Like, they they better get it right. But they also need a left left tackle. You know, they also probably need one or two more offensive linemen. They've also got to start rebuilding their D-line. They're at the end of a cycle, man, and it's going to hit them hard. And it's the Green Bay. They're not going to go out there and try to win it in free agency. That's not what they're going to do. And the quarterback, when he was a back-to-back MVP, covered up a lot of warts. So um, I think it's going to be a long time before you see the Green Bay Packers in any championship games or anything like that. I, I think they are ways away. That's the end of a cycle, that produced zero truly meaningful playoff wins. You know, since the decision was made to draft sure. this quarterback, and then keep throwing money at the old guy to keep him yeah, around. Yeah. Like that's gonna, yeah. How many signature moments in the postseason did that provide? I don't know. Packers fans, you tell me. You could probably count them on half of one hand. Well, in two of those seasons,
0: they had the best record in the league. I mean, that that's the other part of it, at the tail end of this Aaron Rodgers run. Yeah, we'll see where it goes, but they have work to do. We want you to subscribe in the huddle. Make sure you don't miss an episode, guys. Baldy's here on Thursday. We're going to be looking ahead to the weekend. We'll talk about the Thursday night matchup as well. As we said, Broncos, Chiefs, and we'll get you ready for the weekend. Jason, great job as always. Check him out, guys. Washington Post. He, read his stuff. He's all over the place. And follow us as well. And make sure you're back for another edition of In the Huddle. Jason, take care. Everybody else. Have a great day. You too, buddy.